Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio, the next dimension where you will walk away from each episode feeling closer to your own personal heaven on earth. My name is Amberly Lyons, so follow me and my guests on our spiritual pursuits and learn how our connection to God is creating more abundance, freedom, and purpose in our lives because we believe that life is meant to be opulent, beautiful, and fun. And we also know that it's not always rainbows and butterflies. So we'll be getting real and raw about that side of the journey as well, sharing the lessons and life that have come from the darkness. So let's journey to the kingdom together. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio. The tables are turning today. I am actually being interviewed on my own podcast about my recent Bible thumping ways. Yes, I'm still spiritual. Yes, I still practice chakra healing and many other healing modalities, but you know, I'm doing it with Jesus now, you guys. So we're going to be diving into that. I'm being interviewed by Courtney Thomas. She is a mindfulness coach with over a decade of experience in the the wellness industry. And we're going to be talking about my journey with God and how I've like gone back and forth throughout my life in, in being called to God and being pulled away into other things over and over again. We're going to talk about anxiety and how being connected to God chills your anxiety for good. And we're going to be talking about when shadows are a good thing and when they aren't and how to avoid the darkness at all costs. So I want to share a little bit more about Courtney Thomas. So she is just such a gem. She's a founder of the Bodhi effect. So B-O-D-H-I effect. And I actually met her she had a a yoga studio and she hosted a crystal workshop for me and I was there um, just sharing information on crystals and chakras and all the things and she's someone that I've just respected in the industry for so long. She's just got such a great vibe. She's also a Kundalini instructor, an intuitive reader, and she's all about consciousness. She really wants everyone to be in a full, authentic expression of who they truly are and that's really her specialty is to really help people understand and be aware of how they are are moving through their lives and how they're showing up. So definitely check her out. And yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode. It's a little bit different than what we usually do. So make sure you follow all things Courtney. She shares a little bit more at the end about the amazing work that she does. She has an app as well with different Kundalini practices and meditations. So yeah, we'll link you guys to all her stuff in the show notes as well. So let's dive in. So I was thinking a lot about my intention going into this and I was thinking about how kind of already what we mentioned, like the ego deaths and how so many of us who not only just admire you and look up to you, but also are just looking for guidance because we were all as individuals, I think, especially your and I's generation were raised in this judgment system mm-hmm. that society has instilled in us that tells us whether or not we're enough in the world. And so when our egos are challenged in this way and all of the beautiful um, awareness points that you're bringing into all of our lives and kind of started long ago, but now is really in your truth around it mm-hmm. is that, um, to get really honest about 
what your evolution has been. So even like I wrote down here is like, I hope that if you're open to it is like hearing a little bit about what like little Amber was like mm -hmm. and how, what little Amber was taught and then how that's evolved into like, cause what I kept saying, like what I was saying, I was like nodding. I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's remembering. Like, it's not a, it's not like you're learning. You're in a remembering stage, which brings me just like, I almost want to like burst into tears. Cause that's why I think it's so beautiful. So that's sort of my intention today is so people can hear you and be like, that was me or that is yeah. me. And now I hear her in this truth. So it's possible for me to remember who I am too. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I started recording right at the beginning. So I feel like we can just like, uh, what I'll do is I'll record an intro separately and explain what we're doing. And I'll get you to send me a bio so we can like go into like who you are and all that kind of stuff. And anything else that you want to like mention or promote or anything, I'll do that at the beginning and then we can go in and just, yeah, well, I mean, I'm probably add some of these clips that we've already touched on as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be mindful of how, um, the offerings that I have will just, I'll mention them to you, but I don't want you to feel pressure to offer because they will include some Kundalini stuff. So I want to yeah, be really, yeah, yeah. so why don't we, oh, well, even at the end of this, how about maybe we go into the offers rather than me explaining them at the beginning? Cause you're going to explain it better than I do. So like maybe at the end, we'll kind of like switch gears a little bit and I can just ask maybe I'll even ask you like how, you know, since listening to this, like, are there any like mindset shifts that you've had or like any shifts in your offerings? Like, what are you currently putting out there and how are you seeing it differently? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm really grateful. I was able to just sort of share with you, um, what my intention is. And as I mentioned already, like witnessing your evolution, um, I mean, the first time I met you was in 2016. And so it was like right when you really stepped in. Yeah. Yeah, girl. 2016. That's yeah. crazy. Is that when I did the workshop? Yeah, that's when you did the that workshop is. at Bodhi Studios. Mm -hmm. That is wild. Yeah. And so it's been really beautiful to, again, see your evolution. I know when I reflect on my evolution, too we're just getting closer and closer into remembering like who we really are. Um, and so I first just want to start out by saying thank you so much for your honesty, your vulnerability and your truth throughout this entire process. Like you are showing up for humans. You are in so much service every single day, regardless of how maybe what you're presenting is shifting and changing gears. Um, you're showing up. And I just want to say thank you. Just thank start. you. Well, I want to thank you as well, because you're someone that I've always looked up to. So the fact that you even listen to my podcast, I'm like, <laughs> I do. I do. I do. That is not a bullshit thing. I do listen to it. Um, so I mentioned a little bit of this already when we were just chatting earlier. But one thing I know for sure, through my own work, people I work with one-on-one -on -one and individuals in my life is that we are all raised in this judgment system that society instills in us. And you have touched on it in such a beautiful, articulate way around how there is so much darkness that is embedded into our belief system. Mm -hmm. Sure about the world, but deeper than that about who we are. Yeah. And I believe so strongly in that it blocks us so much about stepping into our truth, speaking our truth and living our lives from a place of love. 
So we are so wrapped up in this fear and that we're constantly navigating whether or not we're enough in the world and consciously or unconsciously, we like put ourselves on these pedestals and we're like looking up or we're looking down and we are separating so much from not just our truth, but from the oneness in the world as to like what we're actually here to remember essentially. So what I kind of wanted to start off by just asking you, and I think myself, and I think a lot of people in the community are really interested in is to share a little bit around. So you're remembering so much of who you are right now. You're remembering so much around the truth, around um, this God centered living, but what is your earliest memory? I want to learn a little bit about little Amber and what your earliest memory is around when you shifted from this God-centered living, which we all have, you see these children, I have children, I see them, and then I witness my kids now, five, six years old, going from kindergarten to grade one, and it's so interesting because I watched so much in him shift when he was in school, that's the beginning of our systems. So. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit around little Amber and when you remember shifting from God-centered living into more of the belief that your ego center is what's going to actually fulfill you and make you whole. Mm, I feel like I don't remember an exact moment, but I do know that I always kept being pulled back to God. So there was not like a single moment. It was like multiple times that I chose ego over God. Mm. And I remember when I was like super little, I would pray every single month. I did not come from a religious family. And my great grandma was religious as most great grandmas are. And she gifted me a a children's Bible and also like this prayer, like poster. And so I would read the prayer every single night. I would read the, the child's Bible. And when I really got pulled away from that would have definitely been going into probably like grade three, I would say. And I think that's when popularity became important to me and being well-liked. And it was interesting because in kindergarten, I was always the kid who the teacher would be like, can you spend time with this kid because they don't have very much confidence? Like, Hey, can you play with this kid today? Because they're lonely. And like, part of me liked that. I was like, okay. But then I always felt like I had this um, persona that I had to keep up with, that I was like the popular one, that I was the smart one and that I had to like shine light on everyone. And that was like my job. And then even in sports, I would be the team captain and people would be like, okay, Amberly, get everyone excited today. And I always felt like this major responsibility. And then I think Yeah. In grade three, for whatever reason, being popular was super important. Like, you know, in the days of Saved by the Bell, (laughs) everyone wanted to be Kelly Kapowski. Um, So I think that's when I I kind of started being a bitch. Mm -hmm. And I started to, yeah, if you weren't sitting at the table with us and we called it the pod, like, are you in the pod? Are you not in the pod? And I think that was the thing. It was like, I was uh, gone. I went from kind of being this beacon of light that was helping everyone to being like, either sit with me or you're not with me. And I think that, and then I was very humbled in grade seven. I don't know if remember the term getting ditched. So I had like ditched every one of my friends at some point and allowed them to come back into my sphere. But in grade seven, right before graduation, I got ditched, whereas everyone probably had had enough. And that was my first experience of being humbled. 
And even though I can look back and be like, wow, that's when I got anxiety. That's when I got depression. That's when I got um, some health issues. That was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And it really showed me how to maintain friendships in a like even playing field way and to kind of go back to wanting to not think I'm better than anyone, but wanting to know that, yes, I do have a light. And when I'm in my positive space and I can shine light on people and that it's not necessarily doesn't have to be responsibility of mine and it doesn't have to weigh heavy on me, but for me to be my best is a benefit to everyone and putting people down doesn't make me better. Mm. This is so wild. Anyone who is listening to this podcast right now that knows me from high school will be like, Courtney, this is your story. This is exactly what happened to me. I was had the same thing and I got brutally ditched in grade seven. I'm blown away right now. This is so funny, but it's true. Yeah. Often at times. So this is actually such a beautiful segue into what I wanted to kind of ask you later on, but I'm going to ask you now, because I think that this is like just rising right now is that I look so much at the experiences in my life of remembering my truth Mm -hmm. from moments of darkness. Yeah. Always moments of difficulty. And I do deeply agree with you how much you've chatted about how there's this spiritual bypassing that's like this new age spirituality. That's like saying like, if you eat rainbows for breakfast, everything's going to be okay. Like love and light, like don't focus. But I, I really see through my own work, through working with individuals, is that this is where it's the stretching and the discomfort is when we expand and we grow so much. Yeah. What I'm interested with that is that, and I think this is kind of a, a question that keeps rising when I'm listening to you talk so much about this God centered way about how to not allow the darkness to infiltrate you. Mm-hmm. And so with the, with my trust around how, darkness has helped me grow so much. What is right now your relationship with seeing those experiences in your life? Like the one you're talking about in grade seven, but then also almost like monitoring how it's the darkness is impacting you. Like, I want to know a little bit more about that. Cause that keeps rising in me. It's like, well, isn't darkness good sometimes, but then I know you have to kind of be awake for it too. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. So first I want to say, I I do want to touch on how in new age spirituality, there is so much spiritual bypassing in the whole like karmic contracts and soul contracts. And it's like, okay, yes, but you let that come in. And yes, will it end up being something that you learn from? Absolutely. Will you look back on it and be like, that was great. But guess what? Would have been a lot easier if you didn't have to learn that lesson. (laughs) And um, I really believe that no matter where we're going, we're, we're going to get there, um, unless we completely sabotage ourselves, but we get to choose as long as we're following God, following light, but we get to choose the speed, the velocity and the peace of the journey. Yes. So where I am with where I am now, actually, I want to touch on one more thing with that. I really interesting. And I talked about this even before I started reading the Bible or really, well, I kind of, let me actually touch on this. I'm like, there's so much to say. When I first moved here, I was in a big God phase and I was like, yes, Jesus is my homeboy. Like, this is my path. I'm doing this. I started talking about it a tiny little bit. And then I started 
launching things and they weren't working. And I was like, what the hell? What is going on? Like, God, I thought we were in this together. I thought this is what you wanted me to do. And it wasn't working, wasn't working, wasn't working. So I was like, "Mm, obviously this doesn't, obviously this is made up. Like this isn't my thing. And I went back to like new age. But during that short time frame, and then I came back to it, obviously, during that short time frame, uh, one thing I, that I was talking a lot about was the seven deadly sins and how they relate to the chakras. Mm-hmm. So if you look at this, like gluttony, greed, envy, lust, I, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. But if we look at those, those all are associated to different chakras, So I still do resonate with chakras because I think that we hold, we are sinners. We are born dark creatures, but we have space in us for the Holy Spirit. So if you can imagine that you have two spirits within you, one is your ego, one is your human self, the flesh, as they would say, and then there's the Holy Spirit. So if you're feeding these negative sins, then you are not leaving place for the Holy spirit to be within your reality, to be within your body, to be within your soul. So when, but but because the Holy spirit's always there and God wants to help you, God is going to let you go through that pain until a point where you can't handle it and break down and decide to turn to light. And that's, so it's like, I even think of everything going on in the world right now, No, God's not doing this. God is letting the devil do this so that people are like, okay, God, like I, I turn to you and they have like no choice, but to turn to God. And that's what I really think is happening. So it's like, as you know, as above, so below, like it's everything that's happening within us. And like, when we get to that point of like, I can't handle any more dark within me, any more pain within me, then we turn to God. And then same thing that's happening in the world. So yes, it's it like positives come from the dark, but we don't have to let it go that deep if we are being consistent with our practices and our rituals. Yes, this is this is really resonating with me because I see so much of what started with the pandemic, mm-hmm. where I have never witnessed so many humans in my life step deeper into their own practices, their truth. I'm going to call it if it's comfortable for you, their awakening, like really stepping into like their higher self and exercising curiosity. Mm -hmm. Because that I think is deeply lost now is that there's either you're rising to this higher self or you're sinking down to this lower vibration where you either have curiosity or you don't. And so this is really interesting for you to say this because it speaks so truth to me because I we've all witnessed it over the last like five or six years. Yeah. Where, yeah. Well, I want to say too, like the devil, the darkness cannot affect you without your consent. Mm, okay. The devil manipulates you into giving consent. So we were literally convinced, not me, but most people were literally manipulated into screaming, defund the police. Like the, you know what I mean? Like, the devil gets into your brain and convinces you to allow dark things to happen. So that it's like, but it can't touch you if you don't give consent. So like, how are we giving consent by living in a place of illusion? 
And it runs so deep. Like, I don't know if you noticed in the last week, I don't follow the news, but I did see moments of how the um, headlines are screaming about what was going on at Burning Man, even like mentioning about like cannibalism and stuff where anybody, everyone's coming back out of Burning Man and being like, it was the most beautiful experience, but they don't have service to go yeah. against what's going on in this. I, I've heard people say to me who've gone to Burning Man, it's the closest that they've physically gotten to God mm-hmm. and collective and community in like a physical realm that are not, as you mentioned, like deeply religious. It was just a feeling. Yeah. It's interesting that they're infiltrating that right now. Well, and I, well, exactly. And they will, they infiltrate everything and they'll convince you that it's bad and wrong. Like I even think of like, and, and um, obviously, Gwyneth Paltrow is not like preaching the Bible, but she was really leading like a new way of thinking and healing and self-healing. And you watch any TV show, there's something making fun of Gwyneth Paltrow. You know what I mean? Like it's there. It's they, they are always trying to convince people like look at Kanye West, Kanye West talking about and like if you I'm, and I'm going to say it, this this is going to be very controversial. Trump, you guys, there are a lot of, he is actually has a lot of good things to say, but guess what? They've convinced you that he has zero credibility. So it's like, if you are ever convinced by the media to dislike someone, it's because there's some ounce of truth in what they're saying that the darkness does not want you to know. I deeply believe this when you say these things in so many ways in the other podcasts and when I've listened to you, like I'm nodding, you hear, you're seeing me right now. I'm like nodding along the whole way. I do deeply agree with you. And I heard you say in your live that you did on Instagram about how you actually have been able to free yourself deeper from the anxiety that you've sat with for a long time through these practices. But anyone listening to this right now may actually start to feel anxiety rise in their body because Mm -hmm. there is this deep fear of like, well, how do I begin to um, like, it's overwhelming. There's so much noise in the world. And so how can you maybe touch on and get really like, raw with everybody about what those phases looked like from the grief of what we've been instilled on to the anger to actually now like how do we how do we free ourselves from that sadness that we are so deeply manipulated and controlled and step more into that inner peace Mm, i mean it's gonna go in waves i think like number one and i always say this it's like you can't accept what's going on in the world if you are blinding yourself to what's going on within you so forget about what's going on in the world and you'll like the people who are on their fourth booster shot and you know not paying attention to anything and like not questioning anything those are also the same people that have probably never journaled in their life like if they're refusing to look at what's going on in the world then you can guarantee they're not looking at what's going on in their own household versus what's going on within their minds and souls So first step is to get brutally honest about where you're going wrong. Like, where are you letting darkness in? Where, where is darkness taking the lead rather than the Holy spirit taking the lead in your life? And it might be overwhelming because the answer is probably everywhere, probably every single little thing. 
Yeah, um, anxiety rising in humans. Yeah, but it's like if you and like this took me a minute to like get comfortable with, but literally like asking Jesus to come into your heart and just saying like, "Hey, Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, I am here." I want you to take the lead. Please show me like there are so many things that I want to leave at your feet that I want to surrender to you that I myself cannot control because we can't like our egos. I was thinking about this today, like my mind can't change itself. Like some, I, I can't change the situation with the same mind that got myself into it. So something has to flow through me of from the higher power from, for you to change your situation. And it can't come in just like the devil can't touch you without permission. God won't either. Cause you have free will. So you need to ask and you need to say, I leave this at your feet. I, I, I repent. Like, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm doing wrong. I know that I'm, have been living in darkness. I know that I've been manipulating myself. I know that I've been living a complete illusion. Please have grace with me. So like, I say that all the time, like, please don't completely pull the carpet out from under my feet. I will do it little by little so that it doesn't, it's not like crazy. <laughs> like, but as long as you're paying attention and you are every single day doing that work, then it's not, he's not going to rip the carpet from under your feet because you're doing the work. And he sees that when he, he'll rip the carpet out from under your feet. If you are completely lying to yourself and living in a false illusion, because he's got to bring you back down to earth. Yeah. I believe this. I, I really like, you know, it doesn't matter whether I'm working one-on-one leading workshops for whoever it might be. One of the things I will always constantly say is how much you matter and you need to be responsible for the space that you hold. And sure, it's like, you know, you think of families, you think of friends, you think of the collective, but not even to go there, space that you hold inside, how much you matter as an individual. And this is where I can so deeply agree with the, how we've been infiltrated by this darkness to mm-hmm. think that the experiences outside of us dictate how we feel. Exactly. This is outside of us dictate how we show up in the world and it couldn't be further than the truth. Mm-hmm. It actually starts from within us and that if we hand our power over constantly to the experiences outside of us, then where does it leave you? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's about taking your power back. And like you said, asking if you're so deeply lost, mm-hmm. I will often at times where I don't know kind of where to go and what to move forward. I'll just say, show me the way, exactly. like, show me the way, mm-hmm. but you have to listen. And you might have moments where you're like, Ooh, I don't want you to show me that way. I want you to just give me a book. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say like, I, but then if you are constantly seeking and sitting, like for me, I'm like listening to podcasts, reading books. I have different Bible apps reading them. It's like, when I ask for the solution, you better believe that that like, I like every single day I laugh, like every day I laugh. Cause I'm like, of course you're showing me this right now. This is exactly what I needed. But like, cause I asked. So it's like, you really need to ask. And like, yeah, like I was, cause even right now, like I'm at this, I am in this like wild limbo of like, I had this business. I was doing things this way. And now it's like, doesn't resonate anymore. So it's like, of course, the biggest 
question on my mind is what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What does it look like? When do I get started? What does it look like? How much money am I going to make? Like, you know, it's like, what do I, like, how do I do this? What do I, I get it, God. You want me to talk about you. You want me to spread your word, but like, how, and what is that supposed to look like? And it hasn't come through. And so it drives me nuts because I am a quick starter. Like I decide I'm going to do something. It's done the next day. Like it's, I, I decide I want to start a business. I don't leave my computer until the website's up. Like that's how I operate. But like this complete surrender is such a lesson. And of course that keeps coming up, coming up, coming up. So I go to turn on a podcast today and it was about that exact topic about purpose and how you're meant to just like trust the timing and like, and, and another thing that keeps coming up is that I'm still in a learning phase. So it's like, if I can just allow whatever my next purpose is, is so fucking big that Amberly, as she stands right now, couldn't hold it. So I need to be okay with that. I'm, I, I'm not ready to hold it now and I don't want it if I'm not ready for it. So I'll, I will wait, God, until you've taught me everything I need to know, because I know it's going to be epic. And I'll just like do whatever I need to do to learn what I need to learn right now. And so I just need to like accept that that's where I am right now. So many people listening, I hope are feeling the way I am right now, where I'm feeling so, so safe in hearing you say that because this is so truthful. Like you are being so honest and vulnerable about how we are always students. You have led so many um, humans into their truth in different ways. But notice how that you shared little Amber lost so much of her identity and had the ego deaths in grade seven about how like, oh my gosh, I'm actually not in control in the way that I thought that I was. And then here you're having this massive one on this platform where so many people can see you and they've learned so much from you. And now you're saying, whoa, actually, this is where I'm heading now. And it's different than what I shared with you before. And it's so honest and it's so real. And how do you, because we're raised in this judgment system and I know that your practices, so that's why I want to kind of invite in what that looks like so that it continues to help humans feel safe and heard. How do you free yourself from this judgment, from family to friends to your community? Because I find sometimes when I speak my truth in this way, there are people who feel that A, they don't really like to be around me or they feel like I'm, I, I see it now as like I'm such a mirror for them. I was like what they're not doing. So they really deeply judge me or people in my life that maybe I can't get necessarily like that aren't going to be removed like family and certain friends and that there's just these snide remarks constantly that are being shot at me. And so it's really hard to keep standing in my truth and keep feeling the confidence that I can sense in you right now. So anything you can share, I think with us would be so helpful. I've always said this, people don't come for me. Like they just don't like, I, I don't talk about, I don't talk about this with my family why would I, they aren't on the path. If they, if they can see me on Instagram, they can, they can hear what I'm saying. And if they want to learn more, they can come to me. I don't need to talk to anyone about it. I don't even talk to my husband about it. I make, I put on worship music in the car. Sometimes I hear him tapping his feet and humming along <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get him one day before, <laughs> but it's not my, their journey is not my journey to 
And I don't, I've just ne- maybe the Aquarius in me, I've never felt the need to talk about my journey, <laughs> even though that's my whole public like podcast and everything, but like, but with family, I just don't, I don't, I don't, but I will say like around the COVID time, like when I was very expressive with that, there were definitely comments around that. Even like this, we were at the cabin with my family this week and we got into chemtrails and yeah, so that was. <laughs> so yeah, there's still little things like that, but I think because I stand so strongly in it, people don't come for me. People don't say anything. I don't say anything unless it comes up in conversation. Like I have only got two, it wasn't even negative comments. And I talked about both of them. It was like questions in my queue. I've noticed a drop in followers, but I also don't really post anymore. So that could be it. Um, but one person just said, I don't, I don't resonate with the Bible because it's so like patriarchal and like negative towards women and then with towards women. And then one person said the Bible is a psyop. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that was someone that I like never spoken to or anything. So I just like left it. But yeah, other than that, like I, my, my journey is my own and their journey is their own. And I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. And if someone wants to make fun of me, I'm really good at just like laughing at myself and being like, yeah, big Bible thumper over here. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> right. You're bringing playfulness into it. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And like, I'm very lucky that my family has roasted each other and made fun of each other to our, ch- to each other's faces and behind each other's backs for years. So oh. I, so I've got a thick enough skin that I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And again, anyone listening that can resonate or maybe are holding themselves back from this fear of judgment around family or friends. Um, I remember one time my dad mentioning something about how I posted and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, I'm so sorry to break it to you, but you are not my audience. So exactly. Like, <laughs> you are. That's what I say. You're not my demographic. Like. <laughs> Yeah, and he burst out laughing. He's like, fair enough. He's like, you mean you're not targeting 68-year-old men? I'm like, no, sorry. But then I also wonder, and like, it's like maybe that is a lesson for people to learn, like people who are being judged. It's like, I wonder if God's showing you that judgment to say you need to toughen up, like you need to stand more strongly in your conviction because people are going to judge you and you need to not let that affect you and not let it bother you. I completely agree. I think that that is part of a really deep rooted, I hesitate to use the word lesson, but it is in all of us in our lives because kind of going back to how much we start to mold and the ego can really take over at a really young age. I'm seeing it with my kids right now. And I was actually saying to my husband the other day, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so interesting to start to reflect on the family lineage that gets passed on because my son this is like he had like this is kind of like a surface example but it's important is like he had a stuffy nose so he had all these boogers in his nose and he like i'm trying to teach him how to blow it and i'm like babe you need to learn how to blow your nose because when you go to school kids are going to make fun of you that you have boogers in your nose and what's interesting was i was trying so hard to avoid him from feeling pain from going to school and being made fun of by these kids but i actually just infiltrated pain into him and judgment into him right there and then Yeah. Isn't it so interesting how there's just, it's constantly being, you know, infiltrated into your life and that policing it and having the awareness of it is so important. 
but man, it's so hard to break free from. Yeah. So I was curious about how the kind of going back into everything that you're teaching and with this is like how, like you're seeing so much about the benefits around God and how, how are you shifting or has it really been shifting like your baseline and your default? Like I mentioned, my default would be, I'm trying to kind of save him in a way, but I'm, that's my judgment right there is like, what will people think making fun of what you look like? So how are you shifting it? And then even deeper than that, how are you noticing yourself staying consistent in that shift? I mean, I'm not. Thank you for being honest about that. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I fuck up every day. Oh my gosh. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, (laughs) like for me, my thing is like, yeah, like for me, it's patience. Like I'm the most impatient person. Like even this morning, me and my husband and my dog go for a walk. And the entire time I'm 10 feet ahead of them. And then I'm getting annoyed on the way back, like hurry up. Like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like hurry up. So I would like walk ahead. And then I was like, well, I'm going to get my exercise. And I just, I would walk back to them and then walk ahead again and walk back just. And then I was like, Amberly, if you would have just slowed down and walked with them, imagine what conversations you could have had. Maybe your dog did something really cute and you missed it. Like, so I, it's every day I have to remind myself, but I think that it's, it's the, that's the practice is like, you keep catching yourself and you keep like, and then guess what? I guarantee I'm going to open my Bible app or whatever tomorrow. And there's going to be something on patience. And then I'm going to, there's going to be a little bit of a light bulb and it's, you're, I'm just going to continue to add more and more in. And I think that's, I, I would say a big shift I've made as well, where now it's not just, you know, I have that little moment at my altar and then I'm done. Like, no, like I, I feel right now my job is to like spend as much time as I possibly can with God. And if, if I had a bigger purpose right now that he wanted me to have, I would have, I'd be doing it already, but that hasn't come through because I think he just wants me to spend time with him right now and to learn and to grow. And it's like, that's why not just leaving your learning at the altar and bringing it into your day and bringing that energy into your day allows you to remind yourself more often. And obviously that's like not the best answer because there's no quick fix, but it's like being in the state of reminding yourself more often and being in the state of that. We all have that feeling. I know that feeling, whether you're like relating it to like being, you know, having, you know, Christ in your mind or in your heart or the Holy Spirit activating your heart or having God shine his face upon you. Or if you're like, no, I'm just in a fucking good mood. And I'm like being really patient and being really mindful, but it's like, everyone knows what that feeling feels like. So it's like, if we only leave that at our altar and then we go about our day, like we can't in those moments, like be recognizing and like giving ourselves space before a reaction. Like, I think that when we have the Holy spirit activated in our entire being, it creates that space and that pause to be more mindful of the reaction. That's so beautiful. What I'm hearing so deeply as well. And I talk about this a lot and it was such a moment for me to free myself from suffering is that there's no arrival. No. And I, think that that's where so much around what God teaches you is that it's about the process. It's about showing up for the process and understanding that there's not going to be this grand arrival because that's where I loved when you shared about how um, 
kind of breaking free from the ideas of like the gurus and the like really looking up to these people that you know I don't doubt brought great things to the world if that's what they did but it's that we're again we have all these symbols in our life or these ways that we are being taught that we need to climb this linear life and get to this place in space but what I can hear in you is saying like I'm actually just part of the process now versus so focused on when I'm going to get that thing or have that thing. And when that thing comes, then I will feel this way. Mm -hmm. It's not that anymore. You're actually just looking at what's good now and where, how you feel now in the process. Exactly. Because we can't, I mean, it's the same thing in spirituality. It's like, you can't be living in the past or the future. Like you need to be present. Like that's the only time that you can actually create anything is if you're present. But if you're constantly wondering what's next, then you can't create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I really try to live by like being present is the gateway to happiness. Exactly. It's the gateway. And, and so much, I see it all the time is that the cause of our suffering is living really stuck in the past or projecting super hard into the future. Exactly. And like the Bible talks about that, like leave, like leave the past behind you. Like, um, I won't, again, I'm in a learning process, so I won't exactly cite the, I don't even remember who this was. It was one of the women in the Bible. I can't remember her name, but like God specifically says to her, like, keep walking forward and don't look back. But that's what he's saying. He's saying, if you look at, like, if you look behind you and you're living in the past, then you cannot move forward. And I think that's such, I, and one thing I've even seen too, is like Jesus died on the cross to delete the sins from the past. And it's like that because he did that, we don't have to hold on to our sins. Once they are done, once they are done, we can give them up and we can share. And I'm obviously like, not like we're murdering people. Like, I mean, like, you know, like when we do these stupid things, like I did this morning, like, you know, you don't have to hold on to that because guilt and shame, like that is the devil convincing you that you are not holy, that you are not one with God. Like, and that is the easiest way for us to get drawn into darkness and dark thinking. I'm so curious what your thoughts are around. Why do you think that the system that's in place is instilling us to stay stuck in the past and project into the future. Why do you think that has so much control over us? Why do you think like the evolution has gotten so strong at this time that we're in where it has so much power over how we feel and how we show up? I think that this is the plan. I think that this is God's will to like, He's been trying to make everyone become believers for a long time and it hasn't worked. And he's like, all right, I'll show you what hell looks like so that you, and that's the thing I say too. The only reason that I turned to God is because I've seen the devil in the last few years. I have seen the devil everywhere. I didn't believe in any of this stuff. Like I thought like that was bullshit. Like there's no devil. There's no God. Like I didn't believe that. So, but once I saw the darkness is when I was like, whoo, now I need to see the light. And I was like, there's something to this. There, the, there is a devil. There is darkness. There is demonic shit happening. Like there, this stuff is actually true. And I could see the polarity of good and evil. And that's when it really made me turn. So I really think like God is like, okay, 
okay, honey, it's like, oh, you think that there's no God? Let me show you the darkness so that you you have to start believing. And that's what I honestly think is happening right now. And I think that when we say like, you know, the Bible says God has a plan for you. You're part of God's will. You know, you have, you have a big purpose. It's like, I really feel like that is everyone's pur- purpose. If you are being called to God is to just A, find God in your own life but then B, exemplify that for others. And maybe for some people, it's like having a podcast talking about it. For other people, it literally could be that you're working at the grocery store and like saying, God bless you to someone. And one day someone asks you if you believe in God and you have a conversation, like you never know, like it could be so big or so small. It could be that you take care of animals. It could like, you know, but you are a part of that plan. And I think we are in the plan right now. And that's really exciting to be like, I, like I have this feeling and like, I've always had this feeling, like how I told you that when I was younger, I was always like, Oh, Amberly, can you hang out with this? Like lonely kid that doesn't have friends. I've always felt like, like, yeah, I, like, I know I have a duty, but like, I just wish it was like a little bit of a better duty. And like, I feel like I, I feel like I came to earth in this carnation, dragging my feet, being like, Oh, can't I come later when it's like already like everything's a little bit further along, but like, no, I think I was meant to come here through the shit storm and to like show people their way through the shit storm. So even I think like during like all the COVID stuff, I was, I mean, I, I was still doing that just in a little bit of a different way, but yeah, I think we're going, I really, 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 really do think we are going to see a huge surgence of new age, spiritual people turning to faith. And I I'm already seeing it. And I was seeing it a few years ago as well, like with like Doreen Virtue and like things like that, people that went like really hardcore. There were like a few other people that I followed um, and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. And like, but no, now I'm seeing so much of it. And I think that that's why is because people saw the darkness and they started to remember that they do have this big job here. And I think that that, I think that's why this is all happening. Yeah. And I love how, and I don't know if this is from a safety point or if this is like your truth, but I, I love how you do keep saying how you're not, you know, subscribing to any specific religion yet. It might change, you know, that that could evolve, but like right now it's just, you are seeing God in yourself and God in like, I loved like the heaven on earth that you were talking about because I've been saying and posting this for a while. It's like, how can you deny that heaven does not exist in front of you. And I think we just have been wired to not let love in and for many different reasons for any human experience, whether it be traumas or things that go on is that for some reason it feels safer for us to hold on to fear than it does for us to hold on to love. Mm -hmm. But it keeps what I'm hearing from you is that, that going back to how much you as an individual and anyone who's listening right now, how much you matter like how much you deeply matter you have to trust that like when you can see the god in yourself like you mentioned the grocery store like 
some may start to say because of the ego, how it can start to tell you, like, in order for you to make an impact, you have to be on this big stage, this big pedestal, have this many listeners, this many followers. And if you don't have that, then you don't matter, then you don't make as much of an impact. But you have no idea what your impact or, you know, your vibration or the ripple effect that you create in your life, but you have to begin to trust that you do. And that this tool, this way, this sort of like, again, trust that you have now in God and stepping into it is such, it's like, sometimes I've said, you know, and I know that we, and I want to talk about it a little bit, but about how yoga can sometimes be like, you can feel and notice something and you're like, oh, that's nice. Like, I'm going to put that away for later. And then sometimes in Kundalini or breath work, it's really intense. And so you're like, oh, I got to actually deal with this right now. And with your work, you're like even fast tracking further. You're like, no, now I really have to feel this. Yeah, exactly. Well, I want to say too, like you matter, but you also don't. Okay, tell me more. Tell me more. (laughs) If you are built, if you are building an illusion of your validity and your worthiness based on falsisms and illusions, then you don't matter. If you, you, you aren't helping anyone, you aren't doing anything. You give examples like, of what yeah. so like, so yeah. your ego doesn't matter. You as a, as an ego identity, as a human flesh, lump, lump of flesh mm-hmm. matters if you are living, actually living your purpose and listening to your call. Okay. This I'm not saying, and I'm not saying, and I, but, but, but. No, 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 <laughs> this is beautiful. This is so beautiful. It's like, it's like, yeah, like it's almost like I'm, I, okay, so I did a lot of great things. I built a very successful business, helped a lot of people. Um, but at the end of the day, and yeah, made a lot of money doing it. Does it, like at the end of the day, like was that my 100% like made me matter, like made me worthy? No, because guess what? I don't do any of that anymore. So I don't have that anymore. So does that mean that, you know what I mean? Like that was like a false illusional, illusionary purpose that I thought was the purpose that I'm not poo-pooing it or saying that I didn't help people because I did. So maybe this isn't the best example, but no, like I, I built something on a fake illusion and at the end of the day, it did build me a little bit, but it's not who I am. You have so much of my wheels spinning right now. Thank you so much for this. And also best, I actually think it was a beautiful example because the reason why anyone who's listening right now started to probably listen at this point in time when you did make this, as you say, an illusion of such an impact, right? Mm-hmm. So many like what I guess the ego starts to crawl in to go, well, then what does, what does purpose mean? What is the, we start to grip onto the fear of like, how am I going to know what my purpose is? So that's where I can feel me going right now. And I'm curious what you would have to then say to that. Cause I think this I, is would, I would say that your only purpose is to find God within yourself and to let that move through you to create whatever is meant to be created. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that what I built before there was God was helping me with that, but was that's why I'm saying it might not be the best example, 
But if I today were to go build something that was just completely based on my ego that I did not care about and that I was forcing and that I just wanted because someone else on Instagram had it and it looked cool, then that wouldn't matter. That would, that is not, it's built on an illusion. Like my previous, you know, business and everything, it was hard and it felt forced, but it definitely, I did feel that God was supporting parts of it. But now where it's like to a point where it's like, okay, that that's no longer supported. That doesn't make me valid or worthy. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. Yes. Yeah. I'm hearing all parts of it. And what's kind of sparking in me about how we put so much of our energy towards replaceable experiences and how I'm hearing you say you have to go into the irreplaceable experiences and that's where you're going to find purpose. And it, like you said, just starts with seeing God in you. Yeah. I knew I'd have a lot of ah ahas in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's true. It's like, again, it's like, I also, but it's like, for me, I'm right now in a position where I'm like, well, how can I believe that when I haven't seen it? It's like, okay, God, work through me, create something amazing. Like, let me, but at the same time, it's like, I believe that I'm very, again, I'm very lucky that my business was never torn away from me. Nothing bad happened. I decided to retire and was like, Aunt, this isn't it anymore. But that exhaustion that made me do that or that like, Uh, like, uh, I'm not into this anymore. I believe. And then the ego death that came from that being like, oh, wait, like now what do I talk about at a party? Like now, how do I describe who I am now? Who am I? Like that was part of basically God being like, get rid of all this, find out who you are, basically who I am and then build something. And it's going to be 10 times better. I don't have the physical proof of that yet, guys. (laughs) But I can say that like the ease of opportunities coming in, feeling like I'm always supported more than ever before and like random little things happening all the time. Like I just feel so much more trust and patience than I've ever felt before. Because even when I was in, you know, making so much money and like doing all the things, there was always this like, feeling. And I I talked about this all the time. I feel like it's a house of cards. It's a house of cards. It's going to blow over. Like I always had this feeling. It didn't feel stable. And so it was like, I can't live like that anymore. Like I can't live like feeling like this is going to blow over. Now I know that nothing will be built on false foundation anymore and that whatever comes next is solid. So it's a feeling. It's like, it's just a feeling that I can't even describe like this, just like confidence and knowing. And it's literally, and again, like for people who know me, I'm the most like in the past have been like the most OCD, like checking, like, is this okay? Is everything okay? Like, uh, like always like making sure everything's okay. And like checking everything. Like I'm like borderline OCD with some things, but like the freedom that I felt Actually, there's a good story to tell. I think I told this on a podcast once. I can't remember. I literally had OCD when I was a kid and I prayed it away when I was in like grade, must've been grade two. I remember just being like, I can't 
This is too stress. I didn't want my mom to know because like my sister had OCD and she would like do weird things like tap the microwave three times or like she had to have these weird little routines and I saw how it drove her crazy. And then I started to notice that I was doing little things like I was doing math with license plates and I was like um, doing these to this day. I don't know. I used to think that then like in my spiritual, more new age spiritual days, I would think that maybe there was something to it. I would like not breathe if I went past a graveyard (laughs) and I would like not breathe. I would like hold my breath in front of anything that scared me or anything that felt uncomfortable. Like I didn't want to like let it in my field, but it got to a point where it just became so exhausting to always be like checking things and like just, I don't know, always like being so hyperly aware of everything around me. So, and I didn't want to upset my mom. I was like, if, this gets worse. Like I saw how much it upset my mom that my sister had OCD and I was, yeah. So I literally prayed. I just said, God, like, I can't hold this anymore. This is too much for me. Like, I need you to help me. I don't want to upset my mom. I don't want to upset anyone. And like, I just broke down and the next day gone. And like, it was funny because I didn't even realize it was gone. And then like a week later being like, Hey, I haven't been doing that anymore. And then be like, Oh my God, I pray. I like, I prayed it away and then it was gone. So it's like, that was something that I, now I know that that constant checking is something that God is already like, Hey, I've already like moved this. So you don't need to do this anymore. So now I feel like I finally am like, okay, right. Like, you've, I've left that with you. It's not mine anymore. And now I can like remind myself every time I start to get like vigilant or like overly like obsessive with things, then it like, it goes away. And I've never felt that with spirituality. There was, there's never been one thing with spirituality that worked so potently as just surrendering something to God. And even like, well, I don't even remember. I did have anxiety. This was like last week or something. And I like, oh, and it's just, I couldn't sleep. Like there was all this stuff happening. I had a big day the next day and I couldn't sleep. And I, at one point was just like, God, please. Like, I can't, like, I can't feel this way. I'm so sick of feeling this way. And then the next day I woke up and I felt like I had slept for 10 hours and I just felt like so amazing. And even like while I was sleeping, I remember waking up and like feeling like this, like radiating love from my heart and being like, oh, okay, it's working. It's working. <laughs> and like, just like this, the, the speed at which this works and it's not even this works. It's like, but I feel like people need to hear it that way. Yeah. You know, it's like, I always, I never want to say, and, and this is where I feel like spirituality goes wrong. It's like, if you do these things, you'll be rich. If you do these things, you'll have everything you want, but we've lost the plot that it's the doing of the thing, the praying to God, the connecting with God, that is actually the beauty. And then everything else is just like the bonus. Yeah. It takes you actually away from the doing, 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 and you actually rest into the being. Cause that's what we are. Exactly. Exactly. This is so, I'm like, again, like so much is like running through me. I'm curious for even myself, like where do you kind of, this is like a two-part question is where do you suggest to start? Because Mm -hmm. I love hearing about the symbolisms that exist in the world. Like you were mentioning already about how much 
darkness that there is and that you saw, you almost like saw so much of the devil. So is there, I'm curious about if there's any sort of symbols or energies that you would suggest like really noticing or staying away from? And then is there any areas where you would suggest really starting kind of more to welcome and bring that God in, especially since you had said that you tried the God thing and then you rejected it for that bit and then you went back to it. So because I think maybe some people might be like, okay, great. Then I'm just going to pray to God tonight that I have my anxiety. And then tomorrow it might not be gone. And then they're going to be like, Amber and Courtney were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, okay. So things to that, that, so things to release first. I mean, for me, one thing that I know, I, I feel like there's like a whole list, but one thing that felt really weird to me suddenly was, do you know, like three, six, nine journaling? I do know about it. I've never done it, but I've known it started about it. to feel really dark to me. Um, that was one thing. It's like, I just think it's like discernment. Um, and you know, it's actually kind of funny. This just happened two days ago. So I have like, you've probably seen like pictures of like my altar. There's like Kuan Yin, there's Lakshmi, there's everything. And they were still there up until a few days ago. I woke up in the morning. My dog had violently thrown up all over my altar. Whoa. <laughs> it's like... I hear you, God. I hear you. Whoa. <laughs> Clean that up. But yeah, I feel like, like when you read the Bible, like he taught, like there's so much about false idols, but you're a false idol is not. And of course, that's like praying to other gods, but it, it's also like celebrities and like, who are you worshiping? Who are you pedestaling? And it can even be like your own career. Like, are you, is your career a false idol? Is like the, your ex-boyfriend that you're still pining after a false idol. Like, what are you obsessing over that is like the only thing you should obsess over is God. Like, that's the truth. So I think that's the number one thing. Like, what are you thinking is going to fix your life? Because it's not. Like, that's your brain that thinks it's the, that it's going to fix it, but it's not. It's freaking flying here. So that first and foremost. And then I don't know. I just feel like everyone, I, I think ask, like ask to be shown because it's like everything's going to be different. Like I started, like I haven't actually this time around, but like last time when I first moved here and was like really listening, um, really like um, wanting to, to connect more with God. I was listening a lot to Joel Osteen. So then I'm like, maybe that's not the best. Maybe that didn't feel right to me or something. I don't know, but just listening to sermons on Spotify, there's so many good podcasts. There's one that I love called girls gone Bible. Um, they're very Christian, like very, like very. So it's like, it's not like hundred percent like resonant for some people, but I do like that one. And same with like, we love DJ Tanner, Candice Bure. She has a good podcast and she has like good, like Bible books, like study Bibles. I don't know. I just feel like I get so many little tidbits from everywhere. And it's like, I just feel like people need to just ask and it will be shown to them. There's also, there's an app that I use. It's literally called Holy Bible by you version. I think if you just type in Holy Bible, um, but there might be like a lot that come up. Let me just type it in now into the app store and see what happens. Um, well, it's like a red icon. Um, and it says it's by you version, like Y-O-U version. And it says Bible daily study audio and prayer. Um, yeah. So that is really good. Cause every day there's like 
just a little um, like verse from the Bible, um, a little video explaining it, and then a little prayer that you can do. So I would start there. Um, yeah. But yeah, you just need to like have that conversation. He's waiting for you. <laughs> um, and I'm curious, like, please tell me if like, I love when you say, no, that's not right. Because I think it's important because where my mind right now is going is that I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to start to notice the things that give me a high vibration versus a low vibration. And when I'm seeing those things, how does it feel in my body? Yeah. So when I'm maybe watching, for example, um, you know, Sam Smith, who gives yeah. me a very low vibration, very low vibration versus something else that's actually making me feel like, you know, it's hard for me to think of a celebrity off the top of my head that does give me a high vibration right now. But if that's the case, like what, again, that discernment. And so starting to just really take that inventory in your life as to what's giving you a high vibe and a low vibe, maybe people you're following on social media to certain actions that you're taking. And if you kind of embody also showing me, asking to show the way as well, um, that you're probably going to see a lot more come through. Totally. Exactly. Just ask to see it. And what's interesting too, is that I'm starting to follow like people on Instagram that I never thought I would follow. Whereas before, like, no, like just the really like wholesome, like Christian woman with like her kids and like baking a pie. Like I usually (laughs) wouldn't, I'd be like, Oh, what a square. But it was like, when I look back to like why I thought that it was because I deep down thought I could never be like that. So it's like just being real with yourself Anytime you're like in judgment around something and being like, am I judging that because it feels dark or am I judging that because I'm actually deep down like in envy of that? Mm, That's big. And that was like some advice that I never got that I never got down with is when people would be like, if you're jealous of someone on Instagram or if someone's making you feel insecure, then unfollow them. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, like what you're saying is right. Like if someone feels dark, unfollow them. But like, I'm like, if someone is making you feel jealous and that means you have work to do to like feel more strong in yourself and ignoring them is not going to help. Cause guess what? What if you see them on the street one day? Like you can't control that. Anyway, that's been something that's always annoyed me. <laughs> yeah. I believe that because I love like, if you can see something for yourself, you yeah. need to start to believe it. Yeah. And if there's something that you're, that, that is making you feel, well, and that comes back to like the seven deadly sins and how they are a part of our, our chakra system and being like, okay, so if that's envy, what's the opposite of envy? The opposite of envy is confidence. So it's like, how can I allow the Holy spirit to enter this? Or how can I allow God to enter this and shift me from envy to confidence? So using those, it's like, not being down on yourself, being mad at yourself for being negative or for having a dark thought, but not avoiding it. Because if you keep avoiding it and not bringing light to it, then it's going to keep growing. Yeah. You know, I work a lot with chakras and I agree with that so much is that when you can understand what the polarity is in your chakras from that darkness and that light, which some call like talents and shadows, mm-hmm. but that's actually only going to open up gateways of opportunity. So when you notice, oh, wow, I'm holding a lot of shame and a lot of judgment. Well, what's the polarity of that in your second chakra? It's creativity. It's feeling. It's desiring, right? 
So then you kind of have a little bit of like a roadmap to say, okay, this is actually what's now missing in my life. And so now I can kind of understand what I need to keep drawing in. And then the tools that you're sharing today could be something that your community and my community who's listening can say, okay, maybe just asking to show the way of how to get to more of that creativity. Why am I blocked in that place and space? What have I been learning? And what am I like almost holding myself back from? And I love that the example you're sharing about the social media and seeing kind of like the, you know, home baker with the family is like, well, what's the polarity that you were feeling in that? And so how can you start to like, again, free yourself from Mm -hmm. those identities or have some ego deaths to say, well, what is it maybe actually that I really desire? And I'm not saying that you desire to do that, but that like, what is what you resist persists, I really feel. So it's going to keep coming up. Yeah, totally. Face it, guys. You got to face the demons. And it doesn't, it does, I, I at least can say for myself, this doesn't feel scary, no. um, but I will say what I love because I, I understand the benefit of it is some of you may be feeling like it does feel like some work, some work that the head, and it's important. I think it's important to just face those things because the reason why, again, like I was mentioning, like your baseline, your default mode. And even now with all the work that you're doing, you still find yourself sometimes walking with your husband and dog and going back into that like way. Yeah. So be gentle on yourself that this is a process, but it's important to keep having, it's just an awareness piece. Yeah, exactly. Yay. Thanks for letting me just pick your brain a little bit about it. Um, I learned so much. Okay. Well, thank you for doing this. And Courtney, I want you to share with everyone a little bit more about what you do. And I'm sure people are going to want to learn more about you and how they can connect with you. Okay. So listeners, just be aware of everything that we talked about. I might be sharing some things that (laughs) Amber might be like, no, no, this is not, this is not the answer, but this is where I'm at right now. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the thing though, is that like all my listeners, like my, I don't have a Christian like based listeners. They're new in new age. And I think that new age brings people to this work. I think that it can also leave space for darkness and for like false idols and for like confusion, but that doesn't mean I've completely like renounced. Is it renounced or denounced? I think it's denounced. Okay. Denounced. I have not completely denounced everything. So like no judgment. (laughs) I feel in both of us and I hope everyone leaves feeling taking that they can take this into any place and space in their relationships and friendships is that curiosity and freeing yourself from this judgment can be so key to you. We are all students. And Mm -hmm. so it's really important. Um, But thanks for saying that because I know that um, basically, so where you can find me is certainly under um, any social media accounts under the Bodhi effect. And I kind of my main core to my business is as a mindfulness coach. And so I work with the chakras doing some intuitive coaching. And then it kind of always leads into somatic coaching, which is working with the mind, the body, the heart and the soul. So really starting to understand where your blocks, your limiting beliefs, your patterns, and what's holding you back from living a life that you love. So Thank you for all of the information that you gave me today because I definitely have so many wheels spinning about 
possibly even what I'm sharing with human beings that can kind of even fast track them even closer to remembering the truth of who we are. So we talked a little bit about it. I think that there's a big judgment system that society instills in us that tells us whether or not we're enough in the world. And so my work is really about breaking down what that is and how to free yourself from it. Um, and then I have online courses that support you in that way. So sometimes when people are doing the coaching with me and it's kind of time for that coaching to end, they still want to be able to um, do the work. And so I have a few different courses that you can always find on my website that are all self-led. And then I also have an on-demand studio. So in that, I offer kundalini practices, which is more for the body. And then I offer meditations, sharing some of my rituals, and I will always do also live workshops. And so flow writing practice is a big ritual and workshop that I will always offer to people um, along with um, just sort of almost like similar to what you will offer, like kind of um, self-inquiry practices that will kind of be like workshop led that will share different topics. And so, and then also we'll do like full moon ceremonies. I think ceremony is very lost in our culture now. And so I'm sure that through your work, you're learning so much about like different ceremonies to start to like really hold for yourself in a more loving way, not in a dark way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I offer in the world. Um, and as yours is, it might grow and evolve and change, but that's where I'm at right now. Beautiful. And you guys, Courtney is amazing. And I don't, you know, I don't advocate for many people. <laughs> I, will, I will for Courtney. She is someone who I've always looked up to in this space. And she's just the most genuine, sweetest soul. So definitely check out everything that she has. And we'll link you guys to everything in the show notes and follow her on Insta. And Bodhi is, it's the B-O-D-H-I effect, right? And then we will link you guys to all of the things. But this has been so lovely. So lovely. I feel like we've stayed so deeply connected through social since our meeting. And I just hope that it continues that time that you're in Vancouver. I want to see you. Definitely. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And I will catch you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Hey.